Hello, welcome to Creative Writing Life Podcast. I'm Justin Sloan. And I'm Paul Zeidman. And once again, it's just Justin and Paul. Yeah, and uh, we're going to tell you a kind of short episode today. So if this is your walk to work or whatever, this might be a good one for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or if you have a short commute, whatever works for you. Yeah, yeah. So do we have anything cool that you've been watching lately, Paul? Or uh, or yeah, actually, uh, last weekend. Uh, so, you know, still working through the Netflix queue. And I think this also, it's a t- sort of timely because uh, the actor Christopher Plummer passed away a couple of weeks ago. And he, I think, might have been his first Oscar. He won a couple, like about, oh, I forget the year, but he won it for the movie Beginners. And we, I know my wife had put that in our queue and we never got around to watching it. And I thought, why not now? You know, especially just you know, to see, you know, how was his performance to rate in the, in the, uh, for the Oscar? In the movie, I knew it was about, uh, with Ewan McGregor as the son and Christopher Plummer as the father. And we were under the impression, like the father comes out as gay like and he's like in his mid seventies, and it was kind of like that, but it was totally different from what we expected. Okay. And the movie itself was very well done, and it was a great story and great acting from the two of them. And you would not know this uh, if you hadn't seen any trailers or anything. There's a dog that plays a significant role in the movie too. You know, like the dog's almost a supporting actor as well. Mm. But you know, it's a it's a good solid adult drama, and yeah, we were we, we were both really impressed with it. What's that one called again? It's called Beginners. Okay, cool. I'm listening to a book called, uh, let me see what it's called here. A Long Time Ago in a Cutting Room Far, Far Away. So it's by Paul Hirsch, who is a film editor who did Star Mm -hmm. Wars and a bunch of other cool stuff. So a lot of cool stuff. If you look up his credits. And I was just watching a YouTube video of him too. And he does his reel, his eight minute reel. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a great reel to watch because it's a good lesson for writers um, thinking about transitions. Um, one of the things he does great is he has like Footloose playing because he did Footloose also probably, otherwise it wouldn't be in his reel. So he has Footloose playing mm-hmm. and the music's playing while he goes from one scene of somebody yelling, you know, mouth open wide to now the guy yelling Ferris and Ferris Bueller's Day Off with his mouth open. And then it, it goes because he also did Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And so it keeps, wow. it's just like these great transitions. And of course, all these awesome movies and, and thinking about how somebody does the audio with these different clips and thinking about the editing of these things. So when I was at Austin Film Festival a long time ago, Eric Roth, maybe, I think it was, or somebody else. No, it, was, um, it wasn't him. It was Terry Rossio did one of these uh, classes about transitions as a writer. Hmm. And he was talking about these same things, like how you can get these great transitions. And he was using Wizard of Oz and a bunch of other examples that have similar moments. Uh, so something that's great to think about if you're an editor, if you're a writer, listening to his book about editing, there's so much great material that's very relevant for writers of any genre, any media, whether it's screenwriting, novels, mm-hmm. video games. Is uh, his, uh, is his, is his uh, I guess you call it a, a sizzle reel, whatever, is that available on YouTube or is, or is there a site for yeah, it? Yeah, so what I watched was just a YouTube video. I just wrote, I just typed in editing Paul Hirsch, uh, H-I-R-S-H, and there was an interview mm-hmm. that's like an hour and a half long of somebody with him and the first as soon as they introduce him at the very beginning he says first instead of introducing him we're going to play his reel so that was pretty oh, early okay. video there and then there's a nice long interview with him that's an hour and a half and then i think there's actually a second part because i saw that pop up when i was looking just now uh that's maybe q a or something so yeah lots of great material out there for people now that it's, it's amazing how much is accessible to people who are willing to learn right it's just like crazy. yeah yeah it, it, it comes down to research i mean how much are you willing to look into it and how much time you're willing to devote to you know finding out more there's no you know there's no what uh, secret formula it's all about the work 
Yeah. Yeah. I was just telling you right before we got on that I'm trying to do an hour a day of uh, going through this course on film editing because I don't know if I'll necessarily mm -hmm. be a film editor. Maybe that'd be interesting, but to do my own stuff or at least have a, be able to sit in the room with somebody as they're editing my stuff and be able to know what they're doing. And, and if I wanted to take a cut at it, I'll, you know, if they're pissing me off, I say, get out of here. I'm taking over. <laughs> you know, it just, it's, or, it's a fun skill to have. Or if you wanted to make your own shorts, right. you could, uh, you know, film it and then edit it yourself. Yeah, we're trying to film a short, hopefully the first week of May, maybe the second. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's exciting. And we have a feature going on right after that, mid-May. So some fun things happening coming up. Uh, so the feat, the short is my buddy wrote it and I'm going to direct it. And I got a cool guy who's going to DP it. And so we're location scouting. So if, if we get to that point and I haven't done it yet, it's because we haven't found the right location. Because this one specifically okay. needs us to tear down some walls. And so, not really tear down walls, but at least be able to put a sledgehammer through a wall one time. So we're thinking if we can find somewhere that's under construction or that's abandoned or whatever, but the owner will let or us condemned. do it. Yeah, or condemned. Um, actually, the guy already knows some places down in San Diego, but that's like a two-hour drive. And I'm like, I don't want to have to do a four-hour round-trip drive every day when I'm already trying to... My goal as a filmmaker is to not do it like the 12 to 20-hour days that people do. I want to start... Mm. I can start at 4 a.m. I don't mind, but I want to start whatever time in the morning and then be done by like 4 p.m. You know, so if we have to drive to San Diego, that's obviously not going to work out so well. <laughs> right. Here's our three right. hours of filming, guys. Go, go, go. You get half a scene done and you got to go home. <laughs> or you just make it a whole weekend out of it. You know, you go down Friday, do all your filming, wreck, wreck the walls, drive back right. Sunday. Well, that's why I want to do the shorter whatever. hours is like, I want to pursue my dreams, but I don't want to do it at the expense of spending less time with my family and being mm -hmm. there for the doctor appointments or school things. And you know how it is. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah you, you got to make, you got to make, make time for your own life uh, in addition to your work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and my wife's encouraging me to spend a little less focus on the family. She's like, it's okay if you want to go do a couple of these things here and there. So, yeah, if it's only a two day filming, then that might not be a big deal to get it done and have something. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Uh, fingers crossed. There you go. Rooting for you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so, yeah. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, uh, talking about screenwriting, was uh, yesterday that uh, there's a, a screenwriting group on Facebook that I belong to. It's called Script Fella. Really fantastic group of very great writers. And it's run by a gentleman out of the UK. His name is Dominic Morgan. And uh, recently, I guess one of his clients has had a lot of success. Like he sold the script for, I think, six figures. He got management with zero gravity. Uh, one of his scripts was like a top five in the final draft big break contest. This guy's just like on fire right now. And so Dominic was like, yeah, let's, yeah, let's keep the good things going. So um, he wants to help other writers you know, try and, you know, advance in their careers. And so he said, you know, really, it starts with the log line. And so he invited everybody in the group, you know, send in your log line and the, him and two other people who run the group, they will pick, I guess they said they picked 10 log lines of all their of the ones submitted. And then they would, you know, go through them. Originally, I think it was going to be a very much more interactive thing, but it turns out it was just the three of them going over the log lines. And I think that worked out the best. And part of the reason I'm talking about this is because my script, uh, my Western was one of the 10 that they selected. Oh, cool. And I was, I, I was thrilled about that because I was just, you know, I, maybe the log line helped. They said, you know, it, it's uh, very appealing. And so it was really great and insightful the way they went through everything that, they, you know, they would read the log line everybody submitted, and then they would just make comments about it, like, okay, what works, what uh, needs work, what, what would be more effective, or a more effective way to say this, that sort of thing. And they went through it, you know, 
very much line by line and person by person. And I think the whole thing took about you know, maybe just under two hours. And when they got to mine, of course, you you're in anticipation, you can feel your heart start to race like, oh, my God, are they going to hate it? Are they going to say it sucks? Uh, but no, they actually really liked it. And for some reason, I, I, I had sent this with the email to the guy who was uh, collating all of it. I sent the log line, but also like my five second pitch, like, you know, it's, it's, it's this, you know, like, you know, eight, eight word pitch about the whole concept. And somehow that got included with the log line, which it didn't, didn't, it wasn't supposed to, but they read it anyway. And they said, you know, that's like sums it up perfectly. You know, the, even the guy who runs the group of Dominic, he's like, Oh, here's my money. <laughs> I want my ticket now. And it was like, that was just so encouraging and so uplifting for me. And their suggestions on how it could be a little tighter, a little better. I couldn't argue with any of them. I and mean, it's just a little tweaking, nothing serious, nothing major. And I think everybody, the other nine writers whose uh, log lines they commented on, they were all of the same mindset too. Just kind of like these, this was incredibly helpful. And it actually today on the group, like I think at least four or five of us posted like, okay, you know, thanks for letting us take part in it. Here's my, here's my new revised log line. And I got to say a lot of them are so much more snappy. They're so much more to the point. They really, you know, get the point of the story across or like they really let you know what the story is about and it was very helpful and so i mean now it's going to be uh dominic's going to read the first page of each of the 10 scripts so you know hopefully my first page of that of that script will be enough to like keep him wanting to read more and yeah, yeah and so again it comes all back down to the log line is your you know does your log line really sell your story not just you know the story but you know do, if it's does it tell you like what the genre is? Does it give you a sense of like, what kind of tone does this story have? And just, I kind of noticed this with all the other ones. Like there's a lot of them were horror based or sci-fi based. And, you know, some of them, you know, did a really good job of kind of like conveying, this is what kind of story you're in for. And so I think that is part of why the, all of these log lines were selected because they did the best job of really selling the story and just conveying, this is what kind of story you're in for. And I yeah. think if you're if you are not satisfied with your log line, you know, farm it out to your friends. Ask them, hey, is this you know, does this sound like it's something you would want to see? Does this really, is this sound like my script if you've read it? You know, so that sort of thing. And I just it was just a great experience. I'm really glad I got I was able to take part in it. That's really cool. And so you just heard about it through one of the networks you're involved with, and then submitted. Um, sort of that I'd known about this group for a while. I'd been part of it I think since late last year. And it's just, I think, I'm not really sure how or why it's grown so much in the past couple of weeks. Uh, maybe because this guy's client had such success about a month and a half ago or so. And I think just it drew, it drew more people in. And I think that's, that's one of the benefits of a smaller writing group, especially on social media, because the ones that are huge with like thousands and thousands of members, that not everybody in the group is an experienced writer. And so everyone's going to have these opinions about what, you know, what they think is right. And they also have a, you know, they take themselves a little more seriously. They haven't had their egos uh, beaten down as much by the industry, so to speak. <laughs> so that's true. Yes. Uh, so and I think with these smaller groups, the writers are more experienced. You know, they've been through a lot of the, a lot more of the hardships that a, a lot of us have. So they're a lot, I'll let's say a lot less judgmental and a lot less, uh, I don't know. I, there's not as much of a superiority complex going on. It's mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, I'm right and you're an idiot for not agreeing with me. So I see that in a lot of the bigger groups, but in these groups, it's kind of like, Oh man, I've been there too. So yeah. that's, so that's one of the best, I think that's kind of what uh, helps 
helps me stay in the group that it's really, everybody's very supportive of each other. And if you have a question or you're not sure about something you ask and everyone's like, there's, there's no snark in the answers. It's not, there's no like, no, how could you be so stupid for not knowing that? It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, this, yeah, I went through that myself. And so this is, you know, this might help you. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'm glad to know. I've been doing a lot of querying lately and had some responses and some reads and people following up like three months later were like, oh, can I read this thing that you mentioned to me? And then, hey, I like that. Can you send me a synopsis? Uh, so that kind of stuff happening lately. Does it lead to anything? Who nice. knows? But, uh, but yeah, we have, um, I mean, obviously the log line is very important and that's how you grab people's attention. It's like a book cover, right? Mm -hmm. It has to right away tell you kind of what genre we're talking about, what kind of, what's the right. hook, what's exciting about the story. So. Good stuff, man. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can talk about. Uh, did you want anything? Want anything else more about that? No, I mean, I think I summed it up. Uh, there's, there's nothing really else, not much else to say about the logline thing. Yeah, there's a lot of people with their theories about what a logline needs to be. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure he had a lot of thoughts on that. Uh, my thought is just if it sounds awesome, it's it's going to get their attention. There you go. But <laughs> I guess not I'm everybody not knows how to do that. that so. Yeah. Well, it take it. Yeah, I mean, it it takes a long time to like learn. You know, like with writing a script, it takes a while to learn how to do it effectively, and even more so to do it like really effectively. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. So, the thing I was mentioning to you before our call too was um, I've decided or joined forces with this guy, and we've kind of formed a company with another guy, and so it's mostly the first one's company. Uh, it's, I, I guess I won't share the name yet, but. I'm a partner slash executive producer, and I'm doing some writing for things too and helping to make some movies come about. So the first movie we're starting to film in the middle of May, which is exciting. And then we have another one that we're hoping to do around the end of the year. So maybe November or December. Mm -hmm. uh, and the first one's a horror and the second one's an action adventure. Uh, and then we're also talking nice. about an animation. So yeah, lots of cool wow. things. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, it's Hollywood. It's, it's always trying to get things done and seeing what happens. <laughs> and they're so collaborative that it's like, you know, I mean, I guess part of the executive producer role is to make sure that nothing does go wrong. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's among many other things. Yeah, that's obviously not uh, as easily uh, said as done, uh, of course. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it's, it's all very exciting, though. Like I was talking to my wife yesterday and about the the making the point that like this is where I thrive. You know, this is like where I have the most fun. This is where I feel like my life is supposed to be when I'm doing these kind of like calls with people and making things happen. And, mm -hmm. uh, having helping to bring stories to life what's your reason can for you, writing paul do you have a reason on, on well, this topic we'll get, we'll, we'll get to that in a second i first okay. want to ask you how did you how did you connect with these guys have you worked with well, one of them before or you know did did they put out hey we're we're you know we're starting a company yeah so i've talked about one of them before probably it's uh related to the laos project that i might have mentioned okay uh okay. so it's that so I, I initially came across them through connections where somebody said, hey, this guy's going to be in town. Do you want to come pitch him some some ideas? And I went out there and met, and we had some uh, – I had a drink. I don't think he drinks. Uh, mm -hmm. But we got to chat, chatting, and, yeah, it all just started coming together. So yeah, uh, it could be really cool, you know. Um, I'm sure there's a million people listening. Yeah, I'm sure there's a million people listening <laughs> who have stories of similar situations <laughs> that end up being nothing. But fingers crossed, knock on wood, that will not be this. Yes. Oh, that's great. That is awesome. I mean, so, so, so the one in May, that's not the short. So you know, you're going to have potential two projects going on in May, a short and a feature. Yeah, I'm hoping to get the short done before the feature because I'll be working with wow. at least one of the same people. And so I want to see, mm -hmm. 
or one of the people on the next project after that, it probably. So I want to, you know, get great. a feel for how we work together because that's just smart, you know. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> so that's kind of the role of my feature, but also, I mean, of the short, but also mm -hmm. uh, I have a ulterior motive, uh, a secondary motive, which is uh, I might apply for film school in December. December first is the deadline, and I'd like to have two shorts done by then. So I want to try to do mm -hmm. two shorts. So for the purpose of learning, having a calling card, and if I decide to apply for the film school programs, uh, that would be uh, the part of the reason. So the logic there, I think I've talked about it before. We can always have an episode about film school stuff, but I just, I just, I always go back to it and like, I know it's not mm -hmm. necessary and I know it might not even make me that much better of a whatever, but I just keep going back to it. I just love school. I love being surrounded by people. I love the atmosphere. Uh, I love the idea of just being around a lot of people who want to make projects happen and then me being like, hey, I do film editing. I can help out with that. Or, hey, I do writing. Well, I can help out with this, you know. Another option is that you could be the school. I mean, if you're going to start this production company and you're going to start making your own films, like, you know, you can make that a learning thing for other people. You know, yeah. that you could be the instructor rather than the, the student. Yeah, well, it's something I, to think about. It's funny because I have had an opportunity where somebody was asking me if I wanted to take a job at one of these schools teaching screenwriting. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's funny that I might apply for some programs at the same time as I'm considering uh, taking a job. <laughs> so I guess I have to decide one route or the other. Am I a student or a teacher mm -hmm. or am I both? Yeah. <laughs> I would go with the teacher because I think that's one of the things I've found is that, uh, especially in giving notes to people, that you know, you see how much they don't know, but they, they don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've really get a kick out of like you know if i read somebody's script and i'll just make notes i, I have i'll just say like okay you know it's remember it's show don't tell not tell don't show and like it, it doesn't really matter what what the, this character in the background is doing if they're not important to the scene and just mm -hmm. trying to like you know cover the basics not trying to you know talk down to anybody but just kind of like this is kind of how it works and i think it would be to your benefit to kind of start understanding that and i think if you are have the opportunity to give people the chance to work on a film set I mean, that is that is golden uh, opportunity right there because, you know, that could inspire them to like start making their own stuff. But, you know, but they're actually getting experience working on an actual film set. Yeah, especially features. I, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, you're in Los Angeles, so you'd have like an abundance of people willing to uh, work. I mean, you'd like, yeah. Yeah, I can give you like what pizza and beer. I can give, <laughs> I give you a sandwich every day. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people here, which is awesome. I think a lot of people get the opportunity to work on shorts, but features are a little bit. Um, more far I mean they, they happen of course and there's still opportunities right, for that right. but it's great to get more and I, I have noticed that too like when I talk to some people around I'm like hey I'm working on these projects and they're like oh can I get on the feature and I'm like well I have yeah. room on the short for your what you're asking and they're like me <laughs> so definitely a little probably bit because of, of, probably because the feature looks better on your resume yeah and I'm sure it's harder to get the features on the resume you know what like as a writer mm -hmm. too it's like do you have are you a produced writer uh, that's a thing I see quite often when I'm applying for whatever or talking to people or whatever mm -hmm. uh a produced screenwriter and once you have that on your on your imdb credit uh it's still a question i always wonder like if it ends up being not that great is it going to negatively affect you or is it going to be like a, a book where if you get a great poster for the movie it, people will just look at that and never bother to watch it and they're just like oh cool stuff you know what i mean <laughs> well, well that's the Very thing curious. is i know a, i know a lot of writers they've had their stuff produced and you know you look at the movies and they look like you know they look like crap that but you know but they've got to produce film and you know i'd rather have <laughs> much as i hate to say it i'd rather have a produced piece of crap than nothing at all yeah 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 i mean because at least then you have something that you've learned from uh if nothing right. else and it's movies so they're so collaborative that 
you know, if you wrote it and you sold it to somebody, it might not be your fault at all. That ended up not being amazing. So. Well, that's, that's true. And also, you know, it, like you said, it gives you the experience. It gives you that item on your resume that like, oh, hey, I see you've worked on, uh, you know, these feature films. That's going to give you a definite advantage over someone who's like worked on, just you said, just a couple of shorts or they haven't done anything. Yeah. So you, you can, there's only, you can only go up. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Hopefully. So I think a lot of people end up like with 20 of these mediocre products, projects on their uh, resumes, and then they kind of just disappear from Hollywood at some point because they're sick of it. Um, maybe, but some people maybe. do a great job just making a living, you know, like you can mm -hmm. in theory make 100000 a year just doing a bunch of uh, B movies. So some hey. people do that. Hey, it, it, you know, you're working in showbiz. That's what the dream is. Yeah, I shouldn't be, uh, I shouldn't be picky or judgmental. At least until I see how my products turn out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, what was the question before? Why do I write? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I was just. Yeah, this was related to what I was talking about. Um, she mm. keeps asking, you know, like, whenever I talk about film school, she's like, "You don't need film school. You're already doing this stuff. You're executive right. producing and partner on a program, and you're making movies. And what's the point?" And and so that goes back to like why I write, and 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 for me, that's basically just that idea of that I love movies so much. They influenced me from such a young age, and just mm -hmm. that idea of giving back to the world and being part of that process. Um, and so and part of that is why I like the idea of going to film school because I want to be super knowledgeable about everything and be talking with people who are also as knowledgeable and excited, uh, which you can get on the outside too. So I might just, you know, at some point say, why am I trying to punish myself or, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, so no, what's I, yours? Do you have a I, different I, reason? Want, well, that, I think I just love telling stories that you know part of the reason i write what i do is like one of the things one of my guidelines has always been write something you would want to see mm -hmm. and so that's why i try to write like fun adventure stories that's what i love to watch i mean it it could be you know real cheesy a real b movie i don't care that's you know that if it's fun and you know it doesn't talk down to me mm -hmm. and if it uh you know just has a a plot that is something you know, maybe familiar, but different, or maybe something completely unexpected, that's all the better. Because I just think, you know, I love the storytelling aspect of it. I just, you know, putting all of these things together and trying to figure out like it's a puzzle. Like, okay, does, does subplot A lead to subplot B? And how can subplot C and D tie into it? I just love weaving all these threads together into one continuous story. And I think, you know, you know I love the idea that, you know, someday my stuff will be on the screen for other people to watch and enjoy. That you know maybe that'll inspire another you know some young kid out there like oh hey I want to write a movie just like that one that Paul Zeidman wrote like <laughs> that would be great but you know it's not why I do it but yeah. you know, that would be that would just be an added bonus yeah I, yeah again it really just comes down to it I love telling stories and you know this kind of story I I love to tell that's what I want to write nice uh, one thing I keep going back to is when I was in the Marines and um my roommate and I were quite similar in this way anytime one of us would be sick or depressed or whatever we would just watch Princess Bride. And I mean, over and over and over again. But the idea that you can make something that does that for somebody, you know, that if they're sick, if they're in a hospital bed, if they're just feeling a little down for whatever random reason, and you can bring them joy and escape from that, uh, I love being part of that process. Yeah, see, that, that kind of is like with me. I mean, there's a handful of movies that I could watch anytime. You could drop me in anywhere in the movie. I will just sit there and watch it till the end just because I love the way the movie is done. I love the story, the characters. I love everything about it, you know. There's like a handful of the, the Marvel movies I feel that way about, you know, I, I'm actually, I own them on DVD, but I'm still watching uh, the extended version of Lord of the Rings on HBO Max, just because it's, 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 I love the way Peter Jackson did it. And I think it's just a great story. 
And I mean, I'm already on, what am I on? I'm on Return of the Kings, but I still have like two, what, three, three hours to go on it. Cause yeah. that's, that's like 12 hours of movie altogether. And I just, I think it's just great storytelling. And I think it comes down to the book, which I've, you know, I've read that several times over my life, but just, I love what, I could just, you know, if I'm just feeling kind of lazy, I just want to crash for a little bit, you know, and I just don't want to feel like anything else. I'll just put on, you know, something like that and I'll watch it and just kind of like, you know, it's it's almost like comfort food in a way. So if you just sit there and you just enjoy it, you know, you know what's going to happen, but you still get a kick out of watching it. It's it's just really nice, and that's the kind of stuff I would love to write. You know, not not necessarily call it. I want to write your comfort food movie, but uh, <laughs> I, I want to write a movie that you know you really you really enjoy. One that you know it just brings you pleasure that you could watch at any time and, and you never get tired of watching it. Like there, of course, there are going to be movies we'll see once, like I don't ever see it. I don't ever need to see that again. But you know, then there's a movie you're like, I could watch that over and over again. And you know, I probably will. And just the idea that something I write could be that for somebody else. That's just great. Exactly. There we go. Cool. Anything else you want to add to our conversation today? Uh, I don't think so. I am uh, looking forward to it because I know we've talked about this before, just that, there's so many other, because we've talked about having, trying to get other writers on the show. And I just think the more I look around, there's so many writers that I think would be great guests. So I'm looking forward to like trying to get in touch with them and trying to coordinate all of this because, you know, just screenwriters and authors. And I love the idea of trying to bring like a comic book writer on to talk about that, because I think, you know, it's the creative writing life and it's not, we don't want to just limit it to that. But I just think there are so many opportunities that we're working on. We're trying to get it together. But uh, just want everybody, you know, stay tuned. Good things are definitely coming. Exactly. There we go. Let's make some magic. Always, always. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, again, I'm Justin Sloan. You can find my books on Amazon. And I have some new uh, releases coming up pretty soon. They're in editing phases right now. So stay tuned to that. And I'm on Twitter at Justin M. Sloan. And I'm Paul Zeidman. You can check out my screenwriting blog, The Maximum Z. It's MaximumZ.blog. I'm also on Twitter at Maximum underscore Z. He's Justin. I'm Paul. This has been the Creating Writing Life podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, go write something. <laughs>